It's an honor to be with you all today as we discover our true calling in the Holy Spirit. Today, I believe by the grace of God that everyone will be nourished um, in the word and in the spirit so we can begin to understand how we can be effective in the will of God. Now, <clears throat> by God's grace, I haven't, I've never shared about how to read the Bible. So we are entering new spiritual grounds, but this teaching is to bless your heart, but also give you a direction that are you reading the word of God in the direction of the spirit, or are you reading the word of God according to your flesh or according to your own understanding? Now, it's so important um, that every person understands um, where you are in the Lord. Many of you are in the uh, uh, basic um, the spiritual place where you, you've got to begin to know where the Holy Spirit wants to focus on. Those areas are crucial for you. Because if you do not focus in these areas, you will struggle to grow. You will struggle to, to walk in his wisdom. You will struggle to mature. And it's, gonna, it's interesting how the Holy Spirit's taking me in this direction. But every person, by the grace of God, will be blessed. So this is um, very sensitive to me because I've never shared these revelations that God's given me in the beginning of my journey. Do, do, you, do you think, do you think um, that by accident I started to hear the Holy Spirit right away? Do you think it just, it's a grace that's given to me? Everything that we receive is by the grace of God. But there were, there were many things that the Holy Spirit brought to my attention so I can walk with him. And I pray that when you understand this message, and I'm going to flow um, in the coming weeks regarding this, every person will begin to look at the area that God focuses most. Amen? So the whole point of this teaching is for you to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. And like I said, it's an honor to be here sharing with you about the most important thing about the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit told me two main points. The two most important days of your life. This is interesting. He asked me, what are the two most important days of my life? As a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, what are the two most important days of your life? The Holy Spirit gave me a great conviction in the beginning to understand him in this way. Uh, I like to ask is the question for all the people on Zoom and Facebook. What are the two most important days of your life? Um, fire away, write down um, if you feel um, like you can, you know the answer, um, write down the answer. What are the two most important days of your life? Amen. The day you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Yeah, that's good. So that's the first one. The first, the first one is correct. 
what's the second most important day for you as a Christian or for you as a believer in Christ? <laughs> okay, the day you see the Lord. Yeah, you're... When you see him face to face, yeah, you're 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 in that direction. But I just want to be be a bit more clear. The Holy Spirit asked me in the beginning of my journey, "What are the two most important days of your life?" And He said to me, "The day you get saved, and the day you get judged." You know, I really believe that the Christian world today aren't ready or lack understanding about his judgment. What's going to happen when you see Jesus Christ? So the Holy Spirit told me, why did Jesus save you? You know, everyone understands the day that they, that they got saved, but why did Jesus save you? And what, what was he trying to save you from? You know, these are questions that are deep, that come deep inside your heart because the Holy Spirit will begin to prompt you in this way to understand why did Jesus Christ save you. So I want to begin to show you in the Word of God how the Holy Spirit operates when he teaches the Word of God. It's amazing because it's the same pattern from the old to the new, same pattern. But it intensifies the New Testament. It intensifies Something so important for every believer here to understand that in the New Testament, Jesus lifted up the banner of how we are to walk with him and how we are to surrender our life to him. In the Old Testament, he wasn't as crucial as it is in the New Testament. In the New Testament, under the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, he lifted the banner. So I will explain. So... Let's, let's, let's get into it. So the two questions, why did Jesus Christ save me? And the second one, what's going to happen on the day of judgment? Is there fear in your heart? Is there a lack of understanding of what's going to happen when I see the Lord. I never thought I'll be preaching about the preparation for his coming. But I feel led in this way to prepare your hearts. You know, we do a lot of preparing for the work of the Spirit for our life on earth, right? The Holy Spirit is prompting me now to speak for the preparation of the Day of Judgment. And it's amazing because they both speak at the same level. So let's go, let's get into it. So from this study, you're going to learn to see what God focuses on. When you, as a brother in the Lord, when you focus on what God focuses on, guess what happens? the Holy Spirit becomes so sensitive to you. So sensitive. Through your challenges and trials and through all the things that you go through, 
when you focus on what God focuses on, the Holy Spirit becomes so sensitive to you where he's continuously speaking to you and guiding you. It's the, it's the most blessed place to be. And I'll, and, and, and I'll share this with you. So in the beginning of my journey, from hearing and being led by the Spirit, he told me these two things, to read the Bible, to understand why Jesus Christ saved you, and to read the Bible of what's going to happen on, your, on Judgment Day. And you read the Gospels and the Epistles and Revelation, they all speak about the same thing, why he saved you and preparation for Judgment Day. You read the Bible. Some were boldly, yeah, boldly um, having that assurance and confidence that when they see him, they they had joy. Some, unfortunately, it wasn't that way. So let me explain. Our foundation as a Christian is God's love. I believe the whole Christian world they know this. Our foundation as a Christian is God's love. It's very important to understand that God's, not, God's love never stands alone. God's love is not standing alone. It's always partnered with something. I'll give you an example. The Bible says, if you love me, you keep my commands. You begin to see that love is always um, partnered with truth. So to love God alone without understanding um, what he's trying to do because of that love allows you to only, only speak about what he done at the cross. So God's love produces fruits. It produces results in you. And unfortunately, if you're not seeing those results in the fruits, it means that you've missed the mark some way. It means that um, your understanding towards what he's trying to work with is, is not clear. There's no clarity in this area. You know, so many people, so many people, they, they get shocked when I tell them um, every time how the Holy Spirit speaks and how he guides me in my house, in my family, um, in my workplace, in the missions that I go and preach, the people that I fellowship with, they say, can the Holy Spirit in this way teach you and speak to you? And it's true, he can. There's no limit on God. The Bible says when you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. There's no limit on God. There's no restriction on the Holy Spirit. And for every believer to reach this place, it's crucial that you read the word of God in the way that he's given it to you. So let's go to John. Let's go to John chapter 3, verse 16 to 21. We all know the scripture about John 3, 16, right? Every Christian, I believe, they quote the scripture. So let's read it. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
For God, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. Now it's interesting here. I'll show you a little treasure of how the Holy Spirit begins to teach. There are two, there are two names here of God, right? It says, for God so loved the world. Yeah, he first talks about love. Where love was manifested as a believer, love is Jesus Christ at the cross. That's where our victory is. That's where our restoration is. That's where our identity is. But look what he says here now. He says, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than the light because the deeds were evil. For everyone who practices evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that, he, that his deeds may be clearly seen. Now, I want to explain the scripture a little bit to you. It says here first, um, God's love is regarding salvation and what Jesus Christ done for us at the cross. Then he moves on here to talk about God's light. His light is regarding the Holy Spirit inside your heart. Now look at the third principle here in John 3. It says that God's light exposes the evil deeds of a person's heart. So you begin to see that first God recognized himself as love. Then he recognized himself as light. Then he recognized himself as identifying what's really in your heart. And for every believer, you must understand there is a difference between God's love and God's light. And I'm going to begin to explain it to you. Because God's love only speaks about Jesus at the cross, our identity at the cross. God's light is a, is a, is a whole new uh, topic where God begins to explain to us what it means to walk in his light. Okay? So you, you're all with me, everyone here? There are two, there are two main understandings here that the Holy Spirit wants you to know. God's love only speaks about Jesus at the cross, but God's light does a work in your heart. And it begins to work in those areas because he has come into you. So let's go now. So it's amazing how when you read the Bible, there, there are, there are, you understand the difference between the love of God and the light of God. Um, when we read First John, First John chapter four, verse nine to ten, it says, "In this, the love of God was manifested towards us." that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. In this, in this is love, that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the preparation for our sins. Now you begin to see 
that the love of God only speaks about what Jesus has done at the cross, our adoption as sonships, as son and daughters. But then you begin to understand that when you compare it to what the, the light of God is in the New Testament, you begin to see the areas that he wants you to focus on. Now, I'll just run you through a few scriptures just to explain to you what the love of God is. So Romans 5.8, it tells you, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 5. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. So you begin to see the love of God focuses on what Jesus done on the cross for your salvation and for your sin. Okay? So God's love is described as Jesus at the cross regarding you. God's light is described as the work he needs to do inside your heart. God's love, his description is Jesus at the cross. God's light description is the Holy Spirit working on your heart, progressing, learning, and maturing. Love is receiving forgiveness, mercy, and compassion on behalf of Jesus Christ. Light, on the other hand, is a much deeper meaning of sanctification, obedience, righteousness, and holiness. Now, if we, were to, if we were to ask the Christian world, um, you know, what Jesus Christ done for us, every person will get the first one right. And I believe the second one is lacking amongst um, Christians who profess to know Jesus Christ. When you begin to understand the point of why Jesus died for you at the cross, you begin to focus on the area that he wants to focus on. The Christians, I, I believe, the beginning to the end, Jesus loved me and saved me. They don't progress any further. So something so important for you to understand, why did I get saved? Prepares you for your life on earth, for God's will through the Holy Spirit. The day, what's going to happen the day you get judged is going to prepare you for your life in heaven. Can I ask you a question? Can anyone prepare themselves for heaven? Can anyone prepare themselves for heaven? Or was it at the cross everything was restored to you? Are you restored at the cross or are you restored before you see Christ? You can, you can give your opinion. Restored at the cross, at the cross. All judgment, when you read in the New Testament, they were judged towards the end of their journey. 
Now, now this will challenge you. Every person, according to all the disciples, according to Revelation, every believer was judged towards the end of their journey. Something you have to ask yourself. At the cross, at the cross, he died for you. But what follows after that is how he di you die to yourself and how you prepare yourself for the Holy Spirit. So you being saved, God, God doesn't look at it the day that you profess that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. The day you get saved is when your life is finished on earth. Because, because when you begin to understand the word of God, anyone can profess that Jesus is their savior. Anyone. What, what it shows is the fruits and the works that he's done inside of you. And this is the Holy Spirit doing it inside of you. But are you cooperating with him? Because you begin to understand, okay, if 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 I am if I'm redeemed and saved in the moment of the cross, why does he say that if you keep on sinning, you've had you've neither known him or seen him? Why does he say this? Anyone? Why does he say this? Anyone who keeps on sinning has neither known him, has neither known him or seen him. Why does the Bible say if you don't love? You've never seen God, for God is love. So these are principles that God has to birth in you. You are given the Holy Spirit in the beginning to work on this area. And remember, this is not a work. The Holy Spirit is given as a deposit guaranteeing your salvation. So you've got to begin to understand every believer, every believer is judged towards the end of his journey. pretty challenging but I will explain to you you begin to understand you begin to understand the scriptures to work out your salvation with fear and trembling I'm going to go through all the scriptures for you so you can understand Jesus said to himself Lord we've done all these things in your name and I've preached this many times go away from me I don't know you you commit lawlessness so it's a process and you begin to see, okay, which direction am I walking in? Am I, am I working in this area that matters the most? You begin to see. You know, it shocks Christian when I say this to Christians, when I say, um, is it a day you get saved? Or is it a day before you're going to see the Lord where God measures if you really believed in him? So let's have a look at it. Let's go to John chapter 8, verse 12. He said, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. In John, in, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, he says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. 
So when I started to read the Bible, the Holy Spirit guided me in the direction on how to be effective as a, as a man of God or as a child of God. And as a result, what happened? I started to see iniquity, transgression, and sin in me. I started to discern my motive and the intent of my heart. I started to um, discern my heart regarding the will, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. I started to discern my heart regarding my character, my emotions, and my feelings. I started to discern my heart regarding if I am walking in God's will and the Holy Spirit. From this place, I saw a continuous flow of the Holy Spirit working and operating in me because I understood the area that the Word of God and the Holy Spirit focuses on. When you begin to look at all these scriptures, it's telling you, it's telling you what Jesus has to deliver you from. Yes, he paid the price for your sin, but that's a price that you have to resist. He's given you the grace and the power to overcome in the same way as Jesus overcame. He's giving you that grace. And the Bible says very clearly, and, and you have to understand which direction I'm going on. The Bible says if you keep on sinning after you have received the knowledge of truth, you've trampled the Son of Man under your foot, and, uh, and offended the spirit of grace. So you've got to begin to understand, okay, uh, I have a foundation now, like, am I working on the area of my unbelief, my rebellion, my sin? Or am I actually reading the word of God to preach to people and to operate in the way of his spirit? You begin to understand, have I denied myself? Have I crucified the flesh? Have I overcame sin? Or am I still a slave to sin? What's open in my heart where I can take those areas of weaknesses and plant them at the cross? Something so important for every person here is, is that the cross comes alive. The, the cross comes alive when you've identified your weaknesses. Because what has Jesus delivered you from? The whole point of the cross was to bring those weaknesses and the things that you're lacking inside so he can deliver you. So many people, I really believe, that they're lacking discernment in this area to actually, to actually allow the Holy Spirit to come in their hearts to see what's really happening in their hearts. Is, is there such thing as a believer who struggles to read the Word of God? Is there such thing as a believer who struggles to practice um, Christian principles in the way of the Holy Spirit? Is there a believer in the Bible who struggles to pray? Is there a believer who struggles with commitment towards God? See, this, this area is the area of unbelief. And when you begin to understand, okay, am, am I, am I, am I double-minded? Am, am I on the fence? Am I walking with God? Am I hearing from him? You begin to see, okay, that my direction or my commitment, there is compromise. There is a place where I'm not understanding what he needs to focus on. And for me, this is the most important thing because when you understand God's love, it's all about what Jesus has done. Yeah, but you can reject the light. 
you can reject the light when the Holy Spirit begins to touch those areas in your heart. So many people, the Bible says very clearly, you begin to understand that so many people need to understand that the light is about hearing his voice about what's really in your heart. When I allowed him to come in that area, I started to see so many things that I was a slave to, so many things that, 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 I, that I was um, governed by, and so much of it was out of the flesh, so much of it was out of the carnal, so much of it was out of unbelief, so much of it was out of rebellion. And I began to understand the areas that the Holy Spirit has to touch and focus on. Sin, sin, like I said, sin is just a, it's, it's a surface of, of something that is not of God, but really it's a heart issue. And you have to begin to understand when you, re, when you read the Word of God to understand the area where the light focuses, you begin to read the Word of God in this way. So for every believer today, if I was to ask him, why did Jesus Christ save you? Many will say, because he loved me. But when you begin to read the Bible, the Bible says that when Jesus went from village to village, he went around destroying the works of the devil. Now, I'll share this testimony. I'll share one of the one of the missions that I went on to. So I prayed for a person um, many months ago, and that person was sick. Um, he had cancer. And what happened was, I prayed for them in the beginning, and 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 the Lord healed him. Um, he had two blocked arteries, and he had two blocked arteries and cancer in the blood. And I didn't have much time to pray. I was in the emergency ICU. So I prayed and I and I stayed with him for a while, and I left. Anyways, um, that person called me back, and they said to me, um, "We want to hear more about Jesus Christ." And I, and, and I said, "Okay." Um, when we prayed, um, the arteries opened up instantly. They were, were going to put two stents in there. And the Holy Spirit opened her heart. And what happened was, what happened was, is that we went back. And before I went there, before I went there, um, the Holy Spirit spoke to me that you're dealing with an evil heart. The sickness is not the issue. The person has an evil heart. Now, can I ask you something? Imagine hearing the Holy Spirit tell you this. Why do you think the Holy Spirit shared that with me? 
So I went to the mission right and I prayed and and um, what happened was we got to the root of the problem. We got to the root of the problem. The problem was not the cancer. The problem was an evil heart. So the Holy Spirit spoke to me about what's in the heart. I believe the Holy Spirit showed me to bring to her, bring to the attention of who's been dominating her or who's been operating through her. And it's probably happened to everyone. But the Holy Spirit wanted to show that person that a sickness can keep on coming in. If you don't recognize the problem, you'll continue to get sick in other ways and many forms. And what happened was, and I'll share this with you, the, the walk of the Spirit's real. The Holy Spirit's real. I can share so many testimonies of what the Holy Spirit done for instant healings. But when I baptized the person um, in that day, I baptized the person and a serpent, a serpent like a snake, came out of its back when I was baptizing the person. Like a snake came out of the back of the spinal cord when I was baptizing the person in the water. And and what happened, we, we got to the root of it and there was repentance, or oh, glory to God. Something you need to understand that sickness is not the issue. The issue is what's inside the heart. And the Holy Spirit sometimes is very firm in identifying the problem. Why? Because you can keep getting sick, unfortunately, and you can die. So when I was on the way back from the mission, the Holy Spirit asked me, why did you, why did this, why did you see the serpent come out of the spine? Why? And, and I said to him, I don't know. And he said to me, because her foundation, her spiritual foundation was the devil. Her spiritual foundation, the skeleton of her whole body, what holds her posture spiritually, unfortunately, was governed by the devil. And what happened when I brought that word to her, there was repentance and also a discernment and awareness that I have been operating outside of God's truth. And the Holy Spirit said, this mission, you succeeded the most because you didn't only take away the cancer. I mean, the cancer didn't only leave, but the enemy was exposed in the heart. In the heart. And the enemy was able to leave. In the baptism, I saw the serpent come out of the spine. Now, now, I've seen I've seen this many many times. At times, I've seen most of the times the serpent coming out of the ear. He's been hearing the hisses of the devil, the lies of the devil. And one time when I prayed for a man, he had cancer. I saw a snake coming out of the ear and, and he got healed. But he was hearing the lies of the devil, meaning that he can die, he's not going to make it, um, his body's going to deteriorate, and you begin to see. So when I saw the snake come out of the back, I knew that the enemy left and he fleed because the word of God, where did it enter? It entered the area of her heart. 
because the Bible says very clearly, like if your if your eyes are if if your eyes are full of darkness, how great is the darkness inside your heart? And what the Holy Spirit done came to the area of the heart, dealt with the spiritual cancer rather than the physical cancer. And you may think, okay, is it always like this? Can I be honest with you? It's only by the Spirit of God where he gives me discernment in this area to identify what the problem is and why the devil is there. It's pretty interesting, yeah, how he showed me the spine, the serpent coming out of the spine. The foundation of the man, unfortunately, um, was the enemy. And the evil heart today, what does it sound like? Pride, selfishness, self-centeredness, jealousy, envy, bitterness, resentment, greed, hatred, anger. You begin to see, okay, are there those in me that's operating like this? You begin to ask yourself these questions. What happens to me when I'm squeezed? What happens to me when I'm challenged? What happens to me when I go through trials and um, tribulations? You know, doubt. Doubt is a character of the devil. You know that? Doubt is a character of the devil. Doubt is sin. Why? Where did doubt first manifest itself? At the garden. Did God really say doubt? You begin to see, okay, what's in me? that's still given over to fear? What's in me that's still given over to the world? What in me, what in me is where my life is still living for myself. So when I started to understand this area of my journey, I started to focus on the areas of my heart. That word that that person received was so firm. But what did the Holy Spirit do? Straight to the root of the problem. And her life is saved now. The devil left her life. Why? Resist the devil, you flee. There was issues in the heart that had to be brought to the light. And I can't tell you how many times this has happened to me. Thousands of times. Why? The Holy Spirit is so precious and he wants us to live and to glorify God on earth. He always goes to the root of the problem. So when you begin to see these, um, when you see there's compromise in your life, compromise is sin. You begin to understand, okay, what work does God need to do inside of me? Okay, now let's, let's build a foundation here of what does it mean to walk in the light? You remember how I quoted from John 3, 16 to 21? It says it began first with love, then took place in the light, then exposed your heart. Now let's look at an understanding about what does it mean to walk in the light? Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. Um, if anyone can post on our um, page in Zoom, please. 
Proverbs 4.18, the path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter to the full light of day. So you begin to understand here, look what it says, the path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter to the full light of day. Now you begin to understand this is a process. To walk in the light of God, it's a process. But are you in the process? Are you discovering what's inside your heart? Now, let, let me read a scripture from Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11 to 13. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people, um, you know, read the Bible, you know, to know about the story of Jesus. Um, I started like this. But the Holy Spirit quickly put me in the right direction in how to allow him to work on the areas of my heart. <clears throat> now look what it says here. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and of joints and marrow and discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Now look where the word, look where the word of God leads to. Where does it lead to? Judgment. He says here, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the dividing of the soul and spirit, joints and marrow, the son of the thoughts, intent of the heart. And then it says, from whom we must give an account. So that word there regarding how we must operate and let it work and flourish in our heart is regarding the day of judgment. Did you know that? that the area of God's word in this way, how we be diligent to enter his rest and how we apply the word of God in our hearts, it's regarding the day of judgment, meaning that we have to prepare our hearts for him before his coming. Now here you can see that righteousness and light are knitted together. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 1 to 21. This is from the Amplified Version. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 to 21. Now, I'm going to read this slowly because I'm going to go through the whole thing. Face my computer. Now, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. You remember the first question I asked you is, why did Jesus Christ die for me on the cross? Here, you're going to get a picture of, of what it means to walk all the way to the day of judgment. And I want to show you 
how he begins in the beginning of your journey and he ends at the day of judgment. Now, let's take this slowly because I really want you to get this. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, For we know that if the earthly tent, our physical body, which is a house, is torn down through death, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed, in this house we groan, longing to be closed with our immortal, eternal, celestial dwellings. So that by putting it on, we will not be found naked. Now, can I ask you? Can I ask you a question here? Why does it say so that by putting it on, we will not be found naked? What were the examples in the Bible where people were naked? Can Can anyone on this Zoom link answer this question? What does it mean here? What does it mean here? So that by putting it on, we will not be found naked. It talks about a building that we must build for the Lord Jesus. So you start to see the principle from Adam and Eve. You start to see the principle from all the books. The nakedness is, 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 is a life absence from God. And can this happen in the New Testament? Certainly. It can happen in the New Testament. If you choose to hold your life, you lose it. But if you lose it for his name's sake, you'll find it. You begin to see. So let's keep going. For while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, often weighed down and oppressed. Now look what it says here, look. For we, we are, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened. Why is he groaning and, he, and he's burdened? Um, anyone here? Why do you think he's groaning and he's burdened? The flesh, still work on the area of your flesh. Old man rooted in sin. To be with God. Okay, so while we're in this tent, we groan, being burdened, often weighed down, oppressed. Not that we want to be unclosed, separated by death from the body, but to be closed. So that what is immortal, the body, will be swallowed up by life after the resurrection. Now he who made us and prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Holy Spirit. Now you begin to see here now. Now he who made us and prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Holy Spirit as a pledge, a guarantee, a down payment on the fulfillment of his promise. Now this is interesting. Because the day you get saved is the day you receive the Holy Spirit. Okay? The day you get saved is the day you receive the Holy Spirit. Look what it says here. He's made us and prepared us for this very purpose in the Holy Spirit. To work on the area that's inside of our hearts. So then being always filled with good courage and confident hope, 
and knowing that while we are home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight, living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. We are, as I was saying, of good courage and confident hope and prefer rather to be absent from the Lord and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, whether we are home on earth or away from home and with him, it is our constant ambition to be pleasing him. For we believers will be called to account. Now listen carefully here. For we believers will be called to account and must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be repaid for what he has been done in the body, whether good or bad, that is, each will be held responsible for his actions, purposes, goals, motives, the use or misuse of his time, opportunities and abilities. Now, let me read this again, because I really want you to get this. For we believe, now, this is interesting. A lot of people talk about we were given the Holy Spirit to operate in the kingdom, right? Every believer talks about that we are given the Holy Spirit to operate in his kingdom, operate in his glory. Here, it's showing you that we're given the Holy Spirit to prepare us for the day of judgment. Has anyone ever looked at, at this in this way? that we were given the Holy Spirit to prepare us for the day of judgment. Now look what it says here. For we believers will be called to account and must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be repaid for what he has been done in the body, whether good or bad. That is, each one will be held responsible for his actions, purposes, goals, motives, the use or misuse of his time, opportunities and abilities. Now, when I started to read the word of God in this area, you know what happened to me? There was, a, there was an open place of being honest to myself and God. I started to see where my treasure was. I started to see where my devotion was. I started to see what I really delight in every day. I started to really look at this area. That is, is God the center of my life or do I know him by name? Because if he's in the center of my life, every day in his presence, every day in his word, every day letting him shine the light on the areas of my heart. Many things surfaced in this area, pride, rebellion, unbelief, love of the world, love of money, fear of failure. There were many things that the Holy Spirit worked in my heart. But I understood that when his light comes, this is what he needs to work on. Some people can lay it down and say, Lord Jesus, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to walk with you. Some people, they struggle. Some people don't let it go. Some people are given into it. Some people leave the Lord. But you've got to begin to understand. Okay? Look that each one will be held responsible for his actions, purposes, goals, motives, the use or misuse of his time, opportunities and abilities. Now look what it says here next. Therefore, 
since we know the fear of the Lord and understand the importance of obedience and worship, we persuade people to be reconciled to him. Well, interesting, yeah? Shows you the doorway. The doorway for you to enter in this place, fear of the Lord. James tells you, uh, James tells you, that anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God, for he gives without fault finding and measure. He's talking about the fear of the Lord. Look what it says here. We persuade people to be reconciled to him, but we are plainly known to God. He knows everything about us. And I hope that we are plainly known also in your conscience, your God-given discernment. Now look what the fear of the Lord produces. Are you, are, are you listening? Discernment. Discernment where? Discernment for your heart. To know what's really inside. When I began to understand how the Holy Spirit works, uh, I asked him for these things to enter my heart. And the more and more he entered his heart, the more and more his voice began to get louder and louder inside my body. It's a beautiful place, but it's the truth. Did Jesus ever compromise with his truth in the Bible? He never chased anyone, and he was the son of God. He was the creator and the maker, the lover of their lives. He never chased anyone to persuade anyone to follow the truth. Why? Because if truth is not manifested in your heart, you cannot follow him. You cannot. You'll know him from afar but you won't know him intimately. So look what it says here from, uh, therefore, since we know the fear of the Lord and understand the importance of obedience and worship, we persuade people to be reconciled to him. But we are plainly known to God. He knows everything about us. And I hope that we are plainly known also in your conscience, your God-given discernment. We are, we are not commending ourselves to you again, but are giving you an occasion to be rightfully proud of us so that you will have an answer for those who take pride in outward appearance, their virtues they pre pretend to have, rather than what is actually in their heart. If we are, if we are out of our mind, just unstable fanatics, as some critics say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for your benefit. For the love of Christ controls us, controls and compels us, because we have concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. Now look where it leads. One died for all meaning every believer must follow in the same footstep as Christ. And he died for all, so that all those who live will no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for their sake. So from now on, we regard no one from a human point of view, according to worldly standards and values, Though we have known Christ from a human point of view, now we no longer know him in this way. Now, isn't that interesting? They know him from a human point of view. 
that Jesus did die on the cross. But when you know him from your heart, you died also the same way as Christ, spiritually first. Now, you begin to understand that now? How, how, how much of the Christian world today, they know him from the human point of view. That yes, Jesus did die on the cross. But for the death to be, to be operating and working in you, the same work that happened in Jesus happened inside of you. Now, let me keep reading. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creation, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual conditions have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. But all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself, to Christ, making us acceptable to him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation so that by our examples, we might bring others to him. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them, but cancelling them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation, that is, restoration to favor with God. Then it says here, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. We, as Christ's representatives, plead with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. He made Christ who knew no sin to judically uh, be sin on our behalf, so that in him we would become the righteous of God, that is, we would be will be made acceptable to him and placed in a right relationship with him by his gracious loving kindness. Amen. So you begin to see here, you begin to see here um, what he says in 2 Corinthians 5, um, chapter 1 to 21. I want to walk you through what he says here. So the number one, the number one principle is that it begins with God giving us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. Now, you have to understand what the role of the Holy Spirit is inside your heart. It says here, being always filled with good courage and confident hope and knowing that we can only walk by faith, not by sight. Then it talks about being assured of God's promises. Then it talks about believers must give an account at the, at the judgment seat being repaid whether good or bad, and each will be responsible for his actions, purposes, goals, motives, misuse of time, opportunities, and abilities. As a result of the judgment seat, the fear of the Lord is produced, where obedience and worship is manifested. And, and after that, you begin to see what's really in your heart. As a result, the old passes away because you've seen what's in your heart, the new is formed. You've got to see the pattern when he's writing it. When the fear of the Lord is produced in a believer, you begin to see what's really inside your heart. Why? Because you want to please him, not yourself anymore. You begin to live for Christ and not for yourself because the old has passed away, 
Then you have received the, mission, the ministry of reconciliation. And after that, you become God's ambassadors, where God is pleading to the whole world through you. Then that's what it means to walk in God's light and his righteousness. Now you look at the pattern, there's probably 10 points here and they're all systematical. It's like, that's the way that the Holy Spirit operates in your life. You begin to see that the, his guarantee is to fulfill his promise in you. And from the scripture, you understand what it means to be fulfilled in the Lord. Let me read you. Let's go to Second Peter. Chapter 1, verse 1. Now, when Peter wrote this epistle, this was in his last days before he was going to see the Lord. Okay? I want to give you a picture how the Spirit, towards the end of, 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 of your path, what he focused on. Is everyone with me? So from Second Peter... He was in the last days of his death. He was going to die. Look what he focused on. Picture this. All his life in the spirit, all his life committed to the truth, all his life committed to God's will, he focused on one thing. And you will begin to open your eyes. Okay. Am I operating in this place? Am I reading the word of God? For God's word to read my heart, we begin to see. Okay, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Simon, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, this is interesting. And I challenge every believer here. Look what it says in his statement. To those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Now I showed you a picture from the New Testament to the Old that righteousness and light, they're together. And, and it's not something you it's not something only you receive. It's something that you walk in. It's something that you cooperate with the Holy Spirit. To those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now he's showing you the level of faith that some believers reached. Is that favoritism? Is that God showing favoritism to some and, and to the rest is not? The Bible says that many are called, but a few are chosen. Is that God's doing or our doing? It's us. You begin to see. Okay. Am I preparing the building for God? That's what God created you to be. And believe me, like all this hype and 
whatever is happening in this world. There is one thing. There's one thing that matters to me is the day that we see the Lord. The day that he brings our whole life, our whole life into account. And he says, come, I'm not going to be next to you. Anton's not going to be there. Susan's not going to be there. It's you and the Lord Jesus. Now, when you see him, you can't say, Lord, I didn't know. The whole Bible speaks about the Holy Spirit given to you to prepare you for the day of judgment. You know that Hebrews 4.12 tells you that the word of God was given to you to prepare your heart for the day of judgment. You know that? You know what that shows you? That the work of the Holy Spirit is until you see Christ. It's, it's, a, it's a process. But are you in the process? Are you seeing the fruits of his righteousness, his sanctification, his obedience, his holiness? Are you seeing it in you? Because if you're not seeing it in you, there is a problem. And all of it is given by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have to explain that to you. It's a gift that is given. But that gift turns into the light that comes inside your heart. And if you don't understand the areas that he needs to touch, you'll be a slave to them. You'll be bound by them. You'll be double-minded, wanting to know the Lord Jesus Christ, but still given over to the things of this world. Now, you may think, you know, this is a hard teaching. This is the gospel. Have you ever thought what you're going to say when you see Jesus Christ as your judge? Did you know that he's going to bring up all those things? Did you know that he's going to bring up all those things? I just want to hit this home because keep going I'll come back to it. You know how the Holy Spirit showed me the word of God is to get to know the apostles when they were towards the end of their death. Get to know what they were really saying. It's, it's the deepest wisdom. You know something I'm going to share with you? The smaller the books are, the greater the wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom was like in the Gospels, there were many, many chapters. Then you get towards um, before Revelation, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 2nd, 3rd John, their books are so small. You know why? He's pinpointing what you need to focus on. He's pinpointing it. He's narrowing the ground and saying, okay, this is the area. Can everyone see? Can everyone understand? The smaller the books are, is narrowing to you what you need to focus on. Peter, in the last days or weeks of his death, he wrote this epistle. And this is for every believer that is on earth. Every believer. 
Now let's read it. To those who have obtained like precious, so this is Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1. To those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Now he's talking about here the grace, the peace be multiplied in the knowledge of God. So what comes? What comes when you understand the knowledge of God? Grace, peace is multiplied to you. Are we understanding? Do you think he's just writing it as a header for the sake of writing his letters? He's showing you the doorway when you have the knowledge of God in Jesus Christ. He's showing you grace and peace is going to be multiplied to you. And what greater way is to live in the grace and the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ? This is when your heart is at rest. He's showing you the doorway to that rest. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, now he's showing us what the power of the Holy Spirit does in the believer. By which have given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Now he's showing you that after the work of his divine power of his spirit has done the work inside of you, guess what happens? By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that's when his promises become true to you. When you have worked in the area of cooperating with the Holy Spirit inside your heart, his promises what? They become yes and amen. Why? Because you've obeyed. You've dealt in the area of your heart. And believe me, it's multi-layered. I speak on my behalf. From continuously being obedient to fasting and prayer, with such obedience, I saw the work that the Holy Spirit does. The more I gave him, the more his light came inside. The more you don't give him, the light doesn't come. So if you compromise praying in the Spirit, you compromise fasting, you compromise being true to God through his word to your heart, the lesser the light comes. Now, do you compromise these things? Because this is the area that the Holy Spirit works on. You don't know how you ought to pray. The Spirit, he intercedes for you through utterless groans that no man can understand. When you fast, the Bible says, um, uh, he deals with your old wineskin, meaning your old fleshly mindset, desires, ambitions, and treasures. So when there's compromising God's word, the lesser the light comes. The lesser the light comes, the lesser he can shine in you and through you. that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now see, now this is the key. Now this is Peter's teachings. This is Peter's teachings in the last weeks, days or weeks of his death. Look what he was saying. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, this is a question, you know, when I started to read the Word of God, have I escaped these things? And can I actually know if they're still inside of me? Picture this, 
if you compromise with the truth, the lesser the light, the lesser the discernment to see what's really inside you. You begin to see when you compromise with praying in the spirit, when you compromise with fasting, when you compromise with reading the word of God and spending intimate time with the Holy Spirit, the lesser the light, the lesser the discernment, the lesser the work that God does inside of you. Are you beginning to see? So when I started to spend more time cooperating with his light, you know what happened? He showed me things that I didn't even know existed. Why? Because I gave him another part for him to come inside. And I thought to myself, wow, that makes sense. Majority of my livelihood, I was operating in this way. God took me to the problem. He took me to the issue. Why? Because I was allowing his light through the Holy Spirit to work on those areas of my heart. So let's say you compromise with praying in the Spirit. Let's say you compromise with diligently reading the Word of God for your heart. Let's say you compromise with fasting. You know what happens? The light doesn't come. You can't just say, Lord, you come in my heart, you search it. No, he's given you tools. He's given you the Holy Spirit to operate through him, through faith. But when you begin to understand that the Word of God was given for the day of judgment to prepare your heart, Operating in his kingdom is a good thing, but without them, without your heart being changed first, you operating the kingdom can send you to hell. You operating in the kingdom without dealing with your heart can send you to hell. Why? Because he said, Go away from me, you who commit lawlessness. They focused on the area that comes after the progress of your heart. They focused on the area where they wanted to be someone for God, but they didn't destroy pride in their heart. They didn't destroy rebellion in their heart. They didn't destroy sin in their heart. They didn't destroy the things of the world in their heart. You begin to understand where you need to focus on? Because naturally, when the light of God, there's the love of God, there's the light of God. When the light of God comes inside, Naturally, his light reflects through you. Naturally, his presence reflects through you. When the Holy Spirit came to me, and, and, and I'm going to challenge every believer here, when the Holy Spirit came to me, I was fasting every week. But the Holy Spirit came to me and my wife in a space of three days, and he said to me, you and your wife need to fast longer for me to house my glory in you. Now, he took me back to his word because his word says you can't pour new wine into old wineskin. There was still an old wineskin and there maybe continuously is, but I'm working in that progress. And he said, I want you to fast longer. And that was challenging for me to fast longer, the, the 10 or the 21 days. That was challenging. And so, you know what happened after that? When we walked into places, demons are coming out of people and I haven't even prayed. I just walked past them. People are collapsing on the floor. People, the man that was supposed to die in palliative care and life support machine, he got off his bed. But what happened? What happened? I identified the first area, my heart. I want to destroy pride. 
I want to destroy the world. I want to destroy sin. I want to destroy the character of the devil in me. Then I focus on the kingdom. If you can read the word of God like this, you will never fall short. And in fact, in 2 Peter, it tells you that if you do these things, you'll never stumble ever again. Let's read it. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, diligence to what? Now let's break down the scripture. Giving diligence to escape the corruption that is in this world. That's what he's meaning here. Now, add to your faith virtue. Now, when you begin to understand, can I ask you as believers, where you're going for the Lord? When I ask believers today, where you going for the Lord? What's your virtue? What's your plan? What's your ambition? Where do you see yourself going for the Lord? Many people are quiet. You know why? Because they can only speak about salvation, what Jesus done at the cross. They don't know where Jesus is taking them. I know where Jesus is taking me. You know why? Because I've understood his word in this way. Jesus first saved me because he loves me. Then his light comes in my heart to destroy the works of the devil. All your life, you're fed with a certain thing. It can be many. But when the Holy Spirit comes, the God of light comes inside, he begins to show you why you're like this. He begins to show you what you entertain. He begins to show you your trust issues. He begins to show you unbelief. He begins to show you your doubts. He begins to show you your trauma. He begins to show you your pain. And so many people build in the word of God according to the pain, according to the unbelief. They try to justify it before letting the Holy Spirit work in this area. But also for this reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you'll be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you never stumble. For an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Look what it says here. A welcome in heaven will be there for you. Your greatest greeting is the day when you walk into heaven. Have you ever thought about this? Because if you think about this, then you can prepare. The greatest greeting and the greatest day of your life is when you walk into heaven. Now, can I ask you something here? Does anyone want to be short-sighted or blind? Because you know what the ha you know what happens when you operate in short-sighted and blindness. You know what happens? You forgot that the Lord cleansed you at the cross. 
you forget. Look at those two fruits that allows you to forget what Jesus done at the cross regarding your old sin. Not knowing where the Holy Spirit wants to operate and work on will cause you only to speak about what Jesus done at the cross. What has he done inside your heart? Now look what it says here. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Now these people were established in the truth, and look what he says after this. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent regarding his body, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent. Now he's showing he's going to die. Moreover, I will be careful, oh, sorry, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. So Jesus Christ spoke to him that his life is coming to an end and he's preparing himself for that day of the Lord. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my, my decease. For we do not follow cunningly devised babbles when we made known to you the power and coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he did not receive from God the Father honor and, oh, sorry, for he did receive uh, from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the, from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And we heard this voice, which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. Now, where's that light shining? In your heart. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of men, but the holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now look what it says here. The light shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. He's showing you why the Holy Spirit was given to you to operate in the way of your heart regarding sanctification, regarding obedience, regarding perseverance, regarding holiness, regarding righteousness. They are all attributes of God. And this is why God gave you the Holy Spirit. Not only, the last thing you should be thinking about is healing and casting out demons. I think first you need to be right standing with God. You need to be true to him in your heart. Close those doors that are still open. Close those doors that are still open to sin, to rebellion, to the flesh, to the carnal. Close those doors first. Why? Because if you don't, then you're in a dangerous place to operate in the way of the Spirit without your heart being uh, crucified or your heart uh, not being circumcised in the Spirit. So you begin to see, am I reading the word of God to change 
in my heart. Am I allowing the Holy Spirit to focus on this area? Because let me put it this way. The devil is very crafty. The devil only stays in the areas that you haven't brought God into. The devil, if you want to know how to get rid of the devil in your life, identify your weaknesses. Is sickness the issue? Sickness is not the issue. It's the fear of getting sick that keeps the devil attacking your body or attacking your family. You begin to see? Identify your weaknesses. If you don't identify your weaknesses, the devil will be allowed to continuously attack you. Why? Because you didn't allow the light to shine in those areas. You begin to see the greater picture. Now, the, now let's say someone's job is continuously get it, getting attacked. It can be the fear of failure that's allowing the devil to continuously attack your job. You begin to see. The problem is not God blessing you with a job. The problem is that you have a fear that you're going to fail. The devil, he comes into this place, continuously attacks you. Let's say you, you continuously, you get to know people and you form bad relationships. You form bad relationships. People don't love you in the way that you want to be loved. You're, you feel rejected or whatever it is. And you don't feel like you can connect with people. The issue is here, the rejection. Satan continuously attacks the principle of rejection. Why? Because you haven't brought that into the light. And he continuously attacks that area. Identify your weaknesses. Why? Because Satan, he roams like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him. How can you resist him if you haven't allowed the light to come in that area? When the Holy Spirit started to touch me in this way, I was so honest with him inside of my heart. There were many things. So for God to take hold of you and for the enemy to flee, you need to understand to identify your weaknesses. Identify what's inside your heart. Because the devil to continuously attack you with fear, confusion, doubt, lack of trust, the issue. The man went to the issue. I believe, help me with my unbelief. He saw there was an issue of unbelief inside him regarding his son. So have you identified your issues according to the Word of God? How many people feel like this continuously under attack from the devil, emotionally, mentally? I had fears that the devil can attack me. I had fears that every time I would do something for God, the devil can attack me. You know what happened? The devil stayed. Why? Because I didn't bring those problems in my heart into the light. I had a fear that I'm not going to get better. I, I bring that to the light, and the Holy Spirit helped me in this area. So the whole point of the Holy Spirit is to work with your weakness. Then you bring it to the cross. There your victory is.
So so many people need to understand that the enemy, and I feel led to say this to so many people, the enemy attacks your weakness. The enemy attacks your traumas. The enemy attacks your strongholds. He attacks these areas. Strongholds are something that you've believed based on a lie. And, and, and you haven't brought it to the light. You haven't renounced it. You haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to, 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 to kill that inside of you. Then the devil stays. He continuously attacks. So I feel in my spirit that a lot of people are in this area where the enemy has grounds over them. Isn't it interesting when Jesus received the Holy Spirit, his next, his next task was to confront the devil. Every believer, I believe, is in this place that can confront the devil because he's the only one that watches you like no other regarding the evil one. Doesn't close his eyes. He watches and observes you, waiting for an opportune time. So you've got to begin to see, what are my weaknesses? Have I brought them into the light? And it's multi-layered. There are so many layers of the flesh that the Holy Spirit needs to deal with. But the reward is that when you spend time in His presence, praying the Holy Spirit, fasting, Read the word of God and enjoying your journey in the Lord. He begins to teach you. So you begin to see now that in the light of God, there's a difference between love, there's a difference between light. Now, how many Christians focus on the love part? What's the greatest part? The light of God. Because then you're cooperating with the gift that he's given you, the precious Holy Spirit. You know what Jesus called you for? Jesus called you to be his ambassadors. This was towards the end of 2 Corinthians, after all these things, after you've overcome, after the fear of the Lord is produced in you, after... You've got your heart right with God. Naturally, you become his ambassadors. Where? You carry his precious Holy Spirit. How do you, how do you become his ambassadors? You lead people to salvation. You lead people to repentance. You teach people what God's most interested with. What's he, what's he most interested with? From reading cover to cover to cover to cover and ending at Revelation, what is he interested with? How you operate in his kingdom, how you operate in the Holy Spirit, or how you repented. Think about it. What's he most interested with? Truth in your heart. How you repented. Does you operating in the kingdom get you to heaven? No, repentance does. Repentance. Why? Because when you've repented, Jesus has become true to you. You've hated evil, you've hated sin, and you've hated everything that belongs to the devil. 
Repentance is the key for his kingdom. Now think about this. Does God want anyone to perish? By no means. He's patient with everyone, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God's master plan of why he gave you the Holy Spirit, so you can be true in your heart. What do you entertain in your heart? What do you entertain towards your brothers and sisters? How do you feel towards sin? Do you hate it? Or does it still do you something? The Bible says, cling to what is good, hate what is evil. This is the this is the fear of the Lord. And this is what it produces. And we are all on this journey. But when I started to understand how I read the word of God is how I read my heart. Do you read the word of God to read your heart? Because if you read the word of God to read your heart, you're safe. You'll always prosper and grow in the Holy Spirit and his voice will always be there. And believe me, I went through fear, I went through anxiety, I went through depression. If there was a, a, a dictionary name for fear, it's my name was up there in the dictionary. Today, I'm free. It was challenging, but it's worth it. Because today, I get to live in God's peace and God's rest. So I encourage you all today to understand this. How do you read the Bible? Do you read and learn about Jesus and what he done? That's good but there is something deeper that will allow you to know him. It's to allow him through his light to enter that place in your heart. Because when his light comes into your heart, he becomes real to you. You've tasted him and you have seen the work that he's done inside your heart. Imagine you Imagine you're operating in the kingdom and you haven't killed pride. You haven't killed unbelief. You haven't killed rebellion. You haven't killed the things of the world. Unfortunately, you'll be destroyed. Before God, before Jesus operated in his kingdom, he had to kill the flesh in the 40-day of fasting. It's interesting when you begin to see the pattern. Don't go before your time. Every person here, don't go before your time. Focus on the area of your heart. Don't go before your time. Don't be someone you're not. Focus in this area. It's true. I've, have I really received God's love? Because if I've received God's love, I received God's light. And if I've received God's light, then he has expose what my heart is really inside. But when you begin to read the word of God, you begin to, okay, you look at the bigger picture. The word of God, the final destination of the word of God and the Holy Spirit was to prepare you for the day of judgment. You begin to look deeper at things. Have you ever thought that the word of God was given and the Holy Spirit was given to you 
to prepare you for the day of judgment. How many people here don't think about judgment? Because there's fear in their heart or they're, they're not sure what's going to happen. This is the area I focused most. Why? Because I want no room of fear or confusion that I've labored in vain or I've labored with, 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 uh, with a lack of understanding in this way. I want to know that when I die, I've lived my life in the fullness of Christ. I've laid down my life for him and he no longer lives, but Christ lives. Then I have assurance. But continuously every day, if the world is fighting for me, pride is fighting for me, rebellion is fighting for me, unbelief is fighting for me. You know what I've done? I've labored in vain. I've labored in deception. I've labored as a hypocrite. So whatever God's written, it's going to happen. You need to prepare yourself. God's love is everything that Jesus done at the cross. God's light is everything that needs to be done in your heart. Have you prepared yourself? And are you walking in this way? Are you in that race of understanding where I'm gaining momentum? There's continuously a repentance, continuous a renewing, continuous direction, a continuous flow of the Holy Spirit where obedience is manifested, holiness is manifested, righteousness is manifested. And believe me, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It begins there. But are you walking in it? Is your commitment true to God? Identify your weaknesses. If you don't identify your weaknesses, Satan will hold you captive. Where? At times it appears, at times it doesn't. And you feel that you're in a continuous attack of the mind, the emotions, and the feelings. Be aware of what's inside your heart. Be aware of what you've allowed the devil to attack. Be aware of what you've been feeding on that's not of God. Because then you can take that weakness to God, and then the cross comes alive. Then he dismantles everything there when you have bought what's really inside. So Second Peter, from what I, I'm not going to read any more scriptures. Second Peter, he said that his divine power has given us the things to pertain to life and godliness through his knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue, by which have given us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Escaped everything of this world. Now, believe me, when I brought these things into the Lord, I told him that you're not my prized possession yet, but I wish that you become that. I told him the truth. You're not my treasure yet. My time is consumed somewhere else, whether it be my family, whether it be my workplace, whether it be things in the world. I spoke to the Lord about all these things. Lord Jesus, I don't feel like I can lay my life down for you in the beginning. I spoke to him about all the things that were appearing in my heart. And you know what happened? God came into that place. You know why? 
because that call was true to God. It's true. Why? Because I want to know him more. And this is how the Holy Spirit sticks to you like a magnet. Why? Because that call is true. To know him and to live in him. Think about it now. Is Jesus your prized possession? Is he your treasure? Is his word all that you need? Are you fully trusting him when you don't need medicine? You don't need the wisdom of this world? Think about it. Because God wants to become not only your savior, he wants to be your provider. He wants to be your protector. He wants to be your healer. He wants to be your deliverer. He wants to be all of them. But maybe he's one of them for you. You begin to see where you're lacking, where you need him to be the author of that place or the master of that place. So how I read the word of God was to deal with this place. And you know, when you progress and you mature after that, you won't be taken back to those places where you continuously fall or continuously stumble. Why? Because you've dealt with them. Are you dealing with them? Believe me. I know what the Holy Spirit's showing me. It's this place that he loves the most. Because your final destination is where? To be with him in his glory. Face to face with him. The whole master plan of God's word and his Holy Spirit is where? In heaven. You begin to look at the bigger picture. So many people focus only about what's happening here for him. God tells you that the final destination of his spirit is to prepare you for the day of judgment. You've lived your life. You're obedient to him. There's nothing inside of you that's stealing God from your life. Then everything you do flows out of him. Does that make sense to everyone? It's probably basic to some, but I tell you, it's the only truth that God holds on to. The most important thing that you focus in this place, and like I said, this is the treasure for every person here. If you lack obedience or you compromise, you praying in the spirit, or you fasting, or you meditating on God's word day and night, if you lack these things, then you're going to lack the light coming inside. Then you can't see what's really inside. Are, are we getting this? If you, if you compromise the word, where at times you don't feel like you need to do things, or at times you feel like, you know, one day you can be on the mountain, one day you can be in the valley. I said to myself in the beginning, that I'm going to live in this way. Whether I feel I'm on the mountain, I feel in the valley. I feel joy or I feel depressed. I said, I'm going to follow the truth. And you know what happened? Light kept, light kept coming. Light. Light. And in that place is the center of his rest. In that place is the center of his peace. In that place is the center of his love. In that place is the center of God's will. I can't tell you now what I see now because of being obedient by his grace, because he, these works have been, been prepared 
before the foundation of the universe. All the works that I'm walking in now, God already prepared it before the foundation of the universe. Yeah? But there is a place you have to get to to operate in this way. If you don't prepare your vessel, then you can't operate in this way. The Bible says those who cleanse themselves in the latter days will be used as instruments for God. Righteous, holy vessels for his hands to flow through you. So the secret place was the most important. Can you see now? Because Mahat, 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 months and years in this place. And I'm still here because it's, it's a work that happens until you see Christ. So every day you're in the secret place, guess what the Lord's doing? He's molding your heart, molding your mind, molding you as a vessel for his glory and his purpose. So the secret place is where he washes you. The secret place is where he cleanses you. The secret place where he gives you a deep discernment to see what's inside. You begin to see. When people tell me I lack to sit in that deep place or the secret place with God, you know what you're saying? I lack to be disciplined by God. You begin to see. When someone says, I can't sit in the same place as you do, you're saying, I'm going to struggle to receive the light that's going to expose my heart. And this is so important for you to understand. What I say doesn't matter anymore. It's what I do. And believe me, I started with five minutes and ten minutes for the Lord. It turned into hours and hours now, not burdensome, not out of obligation, but out of the place where I drink from him. It's the most beautiful place you can be. And every moment spent with him is the greatest place. Why? Because you hear things you never heard before. Are you hearing me? You hear things you never heard before about yourself and about God. So understand this. I started with five minutes to ten minutes with the Lord. But then I found out what the truth is. I found out how he continuously cleanses me, continuously flows through me. And what happened? Results came. Results. So important for every person to know this. What mattered to Jesus on earth when he lived here was his time with his father. I only do what my father does. What, where did he learn this? In the secret place. So I encourage every person here. Where there is compromise, there is a lack of light to reach those places that need attention. Where there is compromise to the truth, there is a lack of light that exposes the deep things of the heart. But where you, when you don't compromise 
and you're continuously obedient, there it will all take place. Remember, compromise is doubt. It's a tactic of the devil. It's based on emotions and feelings and what you see physically. So when it says we walk by faith, not by sight, it's by the word. If God says he's going to do it, it's he's going to do it. There's no backup plan for me. There's no backup plan. If Jesus is my healer, I don't have medicine on the side or the hospital on the side or the doctors on the side. He's my healer or he's not my healer. I tell him, Lord, increase my faith in this way. I want you to be my healer. I want you to be the one who lives inside of me like medicine. Speak to them in this place. I had a membership in the chemist before, uh, before Christ. Membership. I wanted Jesus to be everything to me. Why? Because that's my inheritance. That's why he died for me. I want him to be everything for me. And so many people, they have one common, uh, one common thing. Jesus is my savior. Is he your healer? Is he your provider? Is he your protector? Is he your deliverer? Is he your guider? You begin to see, okay, where am I lacking? Many, many places. So you see how you read the word of God now? To see what you're lacking from God and to see where the enemy has uh, infiltrated or, or made residence in. And picture this, I went through fear to death or to suicide. And here I am telling you what God can do for anyone who humbles himself before him. He can do it for anyone. He's no respecter of man. And at times I was frustrated. At times I felt like I'm not moving forward. And straight away the Holy Spirit put me back in place because the flesh got involved. The carnal got involved, wanting me to lead in the way that I think who God is. I made one uh, amazing understanding is that I don't want to picture who God is in my mind. I want a picture who God is in his word. Because as soon as you build a story of who God is in your mind and how he's going to work, believe me, frustration comes because control is in this place. I don't tell, any, I don't tell God how he's going to bless me anymore. I walk. Abraham walked with God. Learn to walk with God. He knows what he needs to do in your life. But I have one common thing, the area of my heart. What is for God? What is for the enemy? What am I lacking? What are my weaknesses? I brought them to him. If you read the Bible like this, you will never stumble. You will always grow. And then God, through humility, will allow you to be his masterpiece. He will allow you to be his masterpiece and his voice.
How long have I been preaching? Oh, wow. That's awesome. So you see how you read the Bible? It's going to change. And this is the key out of this whole teaching, how you read the Bible. And if you compromise truth, if you compromise praying in the spirit, if you compromise spending time in the secret place, if you compromise fasting, if you compromise disciplining yourself, you know what happens? The lack of the light will come. The lack of light. This is something I want you to, to meditate on. Am I, am I all over the place? Is my vision clear of what God's going to do through my life? I ask you the question, and I'm not going to answer it for you. Where, where is Jesus taking you in your journey? If you were to ask an honest question to yourself, where is Jesus taking you? Ask yourself this question. Where is Jesus taking you on earth? I have a vision. I have a vision. The Bible says without a vision, my people perish. I have a vision of where God's taking me. I'm working towards that place. What's your vision? Jesus died from on the cross. Is that all? You begin to think deeply, okay. Who am I now? What is my vision? What has God called me to be? God, God gave me a vision. Build your Bible studies. I'll come out of the clouds and I'll show you my face. Then he started to show me the works of my heart. I have a vision. I heard from God. What's your vision? Your vision first is to allow that light to transform your heart. To allow that light to come in all those areas of weaknesses, disobedience, rebellion, lack, you start to see. You start to see. Has the light really come in my heart? Do I really know what's inside of me? Because believe me, when the Holy Spirit touches that area, I can't tell you, it's a new journey in this place. And I tell you, how the word of God is preached. Love and light, they're together. You start to see why Jesus died on the cross? To save me from what? And what's going to happen when I get judged? It's to prepare you. Prepare your life on earth, prepare your life in heaven. The Holy Spirit told me to read the Bible like this. Why did Jesus die on the cross? To prepare me for my life on earth? What's going to happen the day I get judged? Prepare me for my life in heaven. Many people think about the first one, they lack the second. So for me, I wanted to have no confusion in my heart. I want to know that everything in me, by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is a gift, Jesus is a gift to us. I want to know that I fought the good fight. I've run the race, not in vain. I want to know that I've ran in the right direction. Now, someone who runs in the wrong direction, he doesn't hear God. Someone who runs in the wrong direction doesn't focus on the areas of God. You begin to see. 
what is most interesting from the Holy Spirit? For the light to shine in your heart, to expose that multi-layered place that needs the greatest attention for him to work on. And believe me, I say this humbly, I'm still in this place. But I've understood what the Holy Spirit is interested in. I've understood it. I'm not going in circles anymore. I'm gaining momentum by the Spirit. Remember, it's not by might, not by strength, by Spirit. How does the Spirit work? The light in your heart. So many people are getting exposed now from what's, in, what's happened in this pandemic. It's really what's in your heart. Begin to operate and expose those weaknesses to Jesus. And he will deliver you from these things. All of them. Remember, God, God, God's your savior. Yeah, is he your protector? Is he your deliverer? Is he your healer? Is he your guider? You begin to see, I, he's probably one of them for me. You lack the four. Then the Holy Spirit shows you when he works on your heart, he shows you what you've really believed. He shows you what you've really lacked. He shows you where the enemy attacked you. So you can be ineffective in the way of the Spirit. So God bless you all. Um, I hope I didn't keep you too long. The, genera the generator took a while to get into it, but yeah. <laughs> it took a while. So the Holy Spirit was given to you to destroy the works of the devil. Yes, in your heart. For you to hate what is evil, hate what is sin, hate what is in this world. This is why the Holy Spirit was given to you. Not only for you to glorify God. I see healings every week and I say this humbly. Half the testimonies I don't even share anymore. Why? Because that's our inheritance. What's our first inheritance, the Holy Spirit, for your heart? To kill the character of the devil, to kill the flesh and rebellion and unbelief and the desires of this world, to destroy them. Once they're destroyed, you become a house for glory, honor, and sanctification. So next week, I'll be speaking about sanctification. And what does it mean to be sanctified by God? Because it's a, it's a very uh, fruitful topic um, in understanding your walk with God. Probably the most important is the sanctification. So bless you all. Thanks for listening. Um, I hope I didn't scare anyone. But I tell you the truth. The one who keeps on sinning has neither known him or seen him. Now think about this. The message of grace today, it's not the truth. The message of the Bible is the truth. So the Holy Spirit was given to you by compassion, by mercy, by forgiveness to deal with this area. And I encourage you to focus in this place. He's patient with you. Meaning you will get to a place that you have crucified the flesh. You will enter this place. 
you will get to this place. His patience with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You will get to this place. It's a work through the Holy Spirit that's in you. It's the most important thing. For you to come to repentance, meaning you're no longer dictated by sin, by the world, by the flesh, by unbelief, then God puts you inside of his kingdom to be his hands and feet. So this is the area that the Holy Spirit is focusing on because I know in the midst of the pandemic and the midst of what's happening in this world, we can lose focus on what God really wants to do inside of us. This is the area I focus on. So thanks for listening. I love you all in the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you know this. The teaching is Holy Spirit teaching and it's raw, it's the truth. And God's given it to us. He's working in the hearts. And it's a gift. And open your hearts because where God wants to take you is, is, is something that you never imagined. But the more you spend time with him, the less you compromise, the more you become like him. Amen. Amen. So last week, last week we 